Hey guys, this is Jane Healy, and one of my favorite memories of high school is Mr. Roberts' drama class in the auditorium because a bunch of my friends were in it, and Al Delbeni and Dane Cook were in it, and they were just as hilarious then as they are now, and they drove Mr. Roberts crazy, but we all had so much fun in that class. All right, everybody, back here on the show, have a new guest in the hot seat, world-renowned author, uh, former girlfriend, I think, to Carl Paratori, my best friend. Did you ever date Carl? No, we were just really good friends. Oh, you never <laughs> date him. You're all thinking right. of Cindy, I think. Cindy Anderson dated well, him. Well, yeah. all right, Cindy Jane Carl's a Lothario. <laughs> I mean, we all know he the is. Italian lover. That is true. But uh, everybody, happy to introduce Jane Healy to the program, and she's going to fill us in on her uh, accomplishments in the last 30 years. Really more so, I guess, in the last five or six, which is... Kind of interesting because it's like, how did you transition from one thing to the next? But uh, happy to have author Jane Healy on the program. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. It's, it's so good to see you. It's great to see you too. You look fantastic. <laughs> you too. Even through a mask. I can <laughs> I can see you smiling through your eyes. I've been working on that, the smiling through the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like being a supermodel, right? Like you, you I, I think that's what they used to say with uh, Tyra Banks on her, on her show that you had to sell it through your eyes. But, <laughs> right. Uh, the reason for the podcast, as I've alluded to a couple of different times, is that I wanted to uh, sort of reconnect everybody. It's a funky time and world that we're living in right now. And, um, you know, we're not going to have a 30th high school reunion. And I said to myself and my 13-year-old son, like, hey, I've graduated with a lot of really interesting people, good people that have done some pretty spectacular things. And uh, I said, I kind of want to hear about it. And, and I don't want to just hear about it for myself. I want to kind of share it with people. So I'd like, Jean, for you to just uh, give me an idea on, on, you know, what life was like after graduating from high school and, and a little bit about your, your history, and then we'll delve into your authorship. Okay, sounds good. Um, so let's see. I went to – I graduated UNH, yep. and then I thought – for. I'd always wanted to write, but I was trying to figure out a path where I could like make money and pay off my student loans and yep. also write. And um, and so I went and got my master's in counseling psychology. I thought I was going to go the PhD route. Okay. I was at Northeastern, and then I like realized like the re- the red tape working in a, in a university setting was not awesome. So um, I and I also still had student loans to pay and wanted to move out of my parents' house. Okay. <laughs> I was like twenty two, twenty three. Okay, and um. So I ended up in high tech, actually, and um, and I really enjoyed it because it's a lot of like interesting people, interesting smart people. Uh, you know, this the tech was booming at the time. Yep. You know, it was like the first internet bubble, and so I ended up in high tech as a product manager, and okay. um, and I did that until like right around thirty years old. And yep. when I met my husband, we got married. The internet bubble burst, and I found myself like. Pregnant with no job and like no one's going to hire me <laughs> so because I'm pregnant, and it, you know, and I'm not going to get back into high techs. And so I knew I, I need, we needed something that, that was more flexible. Like he worked a ton of hours. I worked a ton of hours. I wanted to be home more. So I started freelance writing okay. around 30 years old. And 
So, and at that point... With, with a newborn or with while a newborn. you were pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, and actually, while I was pregnant, I, was, I started at um, Boston Magazine freelancing. Yep. So I was going in, and I met a group of women that is, are, they're still like my writer's group. Like, okay. there was four of us who were all freelancers doing fact-checking and writing articles and different things. So, so you, you have a writing posse that you... Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. great. Which is great. It, well, because it's tough taking on anything alone, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Especially something foreign to you. You know, you're like, hey, yeah. I want to write, but it's, exactly. all, it's it's always great to have another set of eyes and ears and, and to have three is even better than oh, just one other person. It's you know everything. I mean? yeah, it's yeah. huge. And, um, and so, you know, I, I think when you have a kid too, it like makes you think about like, well... I've always wanted to write a novel, like, when am I going to do this now? Like, you know, like, it makes you think about life and your goals yep. and what you want to do. And so I started taking workshops and, um, you know, doing that that kind of thing, sharing pages with my writer's group. Okay. And then I, I wrote an article about um, Saturday Evening Girl Club Pottery okay. for Boston Magazine. It's, like, it's very highly collectible. Like, little teapots are worth, like, $5,000. Oh, wow. Like, ridiculous. So... Uh, and I learned about the story of these women, these Jewish and Italian immigrant girls. And, yep. and I was like, I think I said to my husband at the time, I'm like, oh, I think I think this is the novel. I think this is my first novel. And it was over 10 years ago now. And and he was like, yeah, go for it. How hard can it be? And, and it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I like ignorance is bliss. Like yeah, if, yeah, I had, yeah. if I had known how hard it was going to be, I don't know if I would uh, ever would have started, you know, uh, so. That's very funny. I, I can relate in that I, I ran a small snack food company for a while with my best friend and and said the same thing like oh i've always wanted to be in business and then i said geez if people only knew like how hard it is oh my gosh yeah to to, to run a business to be an entrepreneur yeah it's, it's yeah. ridiculous so many hats right correct yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean mopping the floor and emptying the oh, gre yeah. grease trap at three in the morning saying wow this is great like i'm so happy i'm a business owner and, <laughs> right, and right. paying all your employees and, and your vendors and not having a, a two two nickels to rub together at the end of the day driving home going, what am I doing to right. my to my family and to myself and, and oh, yeah. you know, my yeah. well being and, and sanity as well. So it's I, a hustle. I, I get yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. Which is why I believe in doing things you're passionate about. I mean I try to preach to my thirteen year old it's not it's not always easy. But hey, you know, there is something to be said for, you know, do something you love yes. for work. Because otherwise it's just that. It's it's work. And, Absolutely. And, yeah. And when he's miserable sometimes I say why they call it work you know right. that's why it's a job it's yep. not always supposed to be fun but it's a bonus if you can if you can find something that you enjoy doing so that's right that's right do, do, do you own any of this pottery that you researched i you know i do only because my husband has given me a couple pieces as gifts that's like when the book came out and um and then i found a couple pieces on ebay that were like broken five times that were super cheap just because i <laughs> when i do talks and stuff i like to bring uh, them yeah, you no, know no, i was so. gonna say what's your address jane and we're gonna be <laughs> yeah, breaking no, no. we're gonna be breaking into jane's house and stealing <laughs> this valuable so literally like it's like you look you turn it around and like oh it was glued back together like 15 times <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So I own a couple it, pieces, but not a lot. It adds a little nostalgia. To it the, is. To, it tells it, a story. I, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you've actually touched it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and that says, and people love that. Yeah, that they do. says something. They do. I, I, I agree. It adds to the authenticity of the research and the passion behind you know the writing of it. And uh, so y you write the novel. I write the novel. Yeah. You get great feedback on it. Um, 
you know, how do things sort of snowball from there? I mean, you're obviously you're a freelance writer. You're comfortable in your own skin putting, you know, uh, pen to paper. But how does it evolve? You know, when, when does book number two pop up into the brain? Is it, and then you sort of have a, a genre or a style yeah, that it yeah. seems you're interested in. Why don't you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, well, I'll tell you this publishing story because I, f- I like to tell this because, um, you know, it's such a, the publishing industry and breaking is so brutal. And I, I feel like all these stories you hear are like these overnight successes mm-hmm. and they do all this. And, and with the Saturday Evening Girls Club, um, the first time I tried to get it published was like six years ago. And I had gotten great feedback. I had a final manuscript and I, the process is you send it out to literary agents, then they sign you, then they pitch it to publishers to get, and you get a book deal, like ideally. So I started sending it out and I, all these agents asked for full manuscripts, which is huge. Like that's a big deal. And I thought, okay, this is a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, Oh, it's definitely going to happen. Like I was a finalist for an award. I'm like, this is definitely happening. And then the rejections start coming in and then more rejections start coming in. And I hit like 60 rejections and I stopped counting. Like that, I was like that many. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. That many, probably more. Like I gave up. Holy counting. cow. Yeah. So, so it was like putting a house on the market. You get all these people coming through saying, Oh, I kind of like it. And then no, nobody's making nothing. an offer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul crushing. Oh my gosh. So I put this book aside for two years and I wrote another one that will never see the light of day. Okay. And then, um, and then I, actually took my mother-in-law we had just lost my father-in-law I took my mother-in-law to the movie Brooklyn which was I thought it was going to cheer her up it was like it was actually a darker story than I thought it was not a great choice but but it's an immigrant story based on a book by Colm Tobin who's a brilliant writer and you know this was a couple years later and I actually walked out of the movie kind of annoyed I was like I wrote an immigrant story. Why couldn't I get my immigrant wow, story? Wow, all right. You know? Jake, a little fiery. <laughs> I, I was like mad. it. I like yeah. it. I like it. <laughs> so I think, you know, like anything in life, there's, um, you know, the market had changed. There's luck and timing involved, right? Yep. So I dug out the manuscript. I, I really, I cut about 2,000 words. I didn't change it at all. And um, I started sending it out. I started getting my agent list together started setting it out to agents and at the same time this um contest popped up it was called kindle scout okay and so you you sent them your manuscript they put up an excerpt and it was like crowdsourced um publishing people would vote for the manuscripts they thought should get published okay and then if if you won you would get a digital book deal which i always wanted like the real book deal i didn't want the digital but i'm like i got nothing to lose so I, i i also had heard through like the writer's grapevine that agents and editors looked at this site for projects, for potential projects. Mm -hmm. So I put it up there and I started sending my letter out to agents, like uh, bracing myself. And then 30 days go by and the contest ends and I found out I won. Awesome. Which was great, but I I was a little disappointed because I'm like, I still want the real book deal. Sure. You wanted something tangible. (laughs) Yeah. Like I wanted the real deal. I can relate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus you wanted somebody to actually go buy your book. Yeah. And and sit at the beach and flip the pages. Like the whole deal. Not get out an electronic device and, and you know what I mean? I get it. Like Yeah. So when I had put it up on Kindle Scout, (laughs) I had said to my husband, you know, uh, there's this editor, Danielle Marshall, and she's head of Lake Union Publishing, and it's book club p- fiction, women's fiction, and she's, I like stalked her online, and mm-hmm. I'm like, she's my dream editor, 
that's what I want her to see it on Kindle Scout and call me and offer me a book deal. And we were both like, hilarious, that's never going to happen. And so the contest ended, and two days later, she called me and offered me a book deal. Wow. Which was crazy. Yeah, like, like you my said, head kind exploded. of timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Just... yeah. T- l- yeah, luck and timing. And honestly, like, pers- publishing is all about persistence. I have a couple of friends who are so close to get getting published, yep. and I'm like, just don't take yourself out of the game. Like, yep. don't, you got to keep going, even though it's, it is, it's literally soul crushing some days to get those letters and right. the rejections, which uh, will ultimately come. Like everyone goes through that. Sure. But persistence does pay off, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, and belief in the product too, I would say <clears throat> oh, is, yeah. is probably something where, like you said, Hey, I wrote an immigrant novel as well. You know, I mean, do you, do you clearly you read a lot? I mean, do you, do you, peruse the pages of novels and say, oh my God, this dribble, how did this thing ever get published? I mean, do you, do you, you know what I mean? Do you ever take offense to things that get written or, or, or published, or do you just sort of take everything with a grain of salt and say, okay, you know, they, they got lucky or maybe the timing was right when they tried to put this piece of crap you know, out in public. And I'm not asking you to mention any name. Like, no, hey, no. what authors do you think really suck? You know, no, I mean, no, no. I'm not I would, asking I would, for this. No, I know now, you would not. I, would I know, never. yeah, no, I'm not but asking no, you to do that. No, that's a great question. But, you know, <clears throat> when I was going through the process, I would pick up books and be like, oh, come on. Like, I think mine's at least as good as that. Like, right. I don't know if it's the best ever, but, like, it's it's enough, you know? I, so I, <laughs> I said regarding this podcast, I said I listen to podcasts all the time. We talk about, like, oh, I see yeah. on Facebook, we say, hey, does anybody have any good suggestions, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like a book. Like, anybody have a good suggestion for a movie or a new Netflix series or a yep, podcast? Yep. And I've said to people about this podcast, it won't be the worst one you've ever heard, but I can't <laughs> promise it's going to be the best thing. But it, I, you know, I'm like, I'll take pride in what I'm doing oh, and putting out fantastic. there. I'm like, I'm like, it won't be the, <laughs> I won't be the worst. Uh, so like you, I'm competitive and fiery and I listen to so much yes. that I say, this guy's got a podcast cause he has a name. I mean, and he has a good voice and he, but, but his, the content is crap. Like right, it's, right. it's not even entertaining. It's, he's not prepared. Like, yeah. Uh, if yeah, I, like if, preparation is huge, all if, of that, yeah. If, if yeah. I at least bring, you know, my B-plus game to the table, I think I can do a decent job and, and be engaging, and a lot's going to depend on, obviously, the guests and, and what they bring, so. Absolutely. Um, so you get the, so let's keep talking about the, sat, <laughs> no, about the Saturday Evening Girls yeah. Club. So then does that help you clearly build momentum for, for number two? Yeah, so, um, so that one came out... Um, 2017. Yep. And, um, and luckily, like fortunately did well enough that uh, my publisher was interested in Mm -hmm. other projects. And so, um, but I wanted to write, this is kind of a small story. It's Saturday evening girls club. I'm I'm proud of it, but like, it's a small piece of history. It's a smaller story. And I really wanted to write, write something kind of, I wanted to write something I've always wanted to write, which is like more like big and sweeping and war story. And, and so that's how I ended up writing the Beantown girls. Sure. Yeah, um, and so I what they what you do is uh, according to my contract anyway you have I have to send them like the first thirty pages and a synopsis. Okay, and then they have thirty days to con you know to buy it or, or and if they don't buy it I can shop it to other publishing okay. houses or or not. So th- thankfully they they bought the Beantown Girls and then this the Secret Steelers was just coming out next year. So great. Yeah. Now yeah. when they now when they buy it, Jane, is it? Is it a negotiation or is it like, hey, we're going to give you this and take it or leave it type of thing? No, no, it's definitely a negotiation. Okay. And that's why, like, I 
kind of went did it backwards. Like some people, most people usually get their agent first. I brought my agent in once I got the book deal because because sure. I don't know what I don't know about you know what yep. I'm the industry and rights and different things. So. Um, so yeah, perfect. Yeah. Who who would you say have you leaned on the most heavily in in terms of guidance in in the, the you know the writing world and and who are some of the people that have really if if you could send a a, a thank you through this podcast who would who would be at the top of your list? Um, you know you know there's so many. I mean I, I took a lot of classes at Grub Street and I try now to help authors or aspiring authors that are coming up. Uh, as much as I can, because so many helped me, like um, Emily Franklin at Grub Street was fantastic. I took a class with her, and and these people who take so much time out of their lives to like help you get the chapters right, and like I wasn't paying her, like this was outside mm-hmm. of class, like people like that. I and even and um, Lake the Union authors, there's a Facebook group, a private group that we have, and and they really helped me kind of navigate things when it when the book first came out mm-hmm. in, in terms of. Really, every every aspect of it, you know, sure. negotiations, things to th- think about, things to ask for, or talk to my agent about, and um, so the Lake Union Authors Group has been supportive, and um, and yeah, I, I it, the thing is that I've found really refreshing about the whole publishing world is like you think it's going to be all these authors out for themselves and so cutthroat. But it's really the opposite. It's like you feel like it, everyone's like knows how hard it is and how hard it is to like get a book out there and then to get some momentum behind yeah. it. That everyone really tries to like help each other out as yeah, much as you can. It's like we're all in this together. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's it, amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like it, you know we know what it takes. So yeah. when, when we're gonna we're gonna lift you up, not knock you down. It's, exactly. It's, it's hard enough, you know yeah, what I mean, to enough. navigate. Yeah, well, so yeah, like yeah. you know the, the Lake Union authors, but then like local authors, I've become friends with like Jenna Bloom and. Um, Hank Philippi Ryan, yep. they're amazing and amazingly supportive. So yeah, I just feel really lucky. To, yeah, to have that kind of network. What's been the most uh, rewarding or or even fun for you? Is it is it going and speaking to small groups of women? I know you do a lot of that. I know you go to book signings and whatnot. Um, do, does your book come up as the book of the month book, and then you you? speak to those groups after they've read the the novels uh, you know what what's been sort of the most enjoyable for you I guess uh, I think the most rewarding and I was honestly I, when I this came out I didn't realize like that the public speaking would be so much about it and I was I used to be terrified I was okay. terrified the first few times I did public speaking for the Saturday Evening Girls Club and but now I really enjoy it and the, and the most rewarding thing is when um, someone is so moved that went about like particularly the Beantown girls they get so moved about it that they get emotional with sure, me or sure. um, they have a story to share about their father or grandfather yep. or mother who was in the Red Cross or in the Battle of the Bulge or you know something like that sure, like, sure. and they send me pictures and store and they share their stories when I meet them and that's amazing that, right. I mean, that's the best best thing yeah. I was gonna say and it's got to be pretty cool to see your name you know on a book like you're in a store just like it was interesting for me to see my popcorn i was like i made that stuff yeah, and i designed yeah. that bag and it's on the shelf at market basket and i know hundreds of people are walking down the snack food aisle and i'm like i made that stuff like yeah. that's you know for what it's worth it's I was awesome. like, there is that sense of pride and satisfaction i I've wanted to say this since you sat in the hot seat, but thank God you kept your maiden name. <laughs> I 
and it's not ungershik. And then you get it butchered at every single introduction. Oh. And, you know, so I, I always laugh because I'm like, thank God Jane kept Healy. <laughs> you couldn't even fit it on the cover. Yeah, I, and no offense. I've never <laughs> no, met him. I heard no. Charlie's a great guy. I mean, the, the you know, those of our friends that have met him are like, oh, no, Jane's, Jane's husband's great. Totally cool guy. Very yeah. supportive. But I'm like, thank God she kept our maiden name. <laughs> thank God. No, yeah. it's when we first uh, got married, he's like, maybe I should just change my name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, Healy, Charlie Healy. But, uh, it, but it yeah. rolls right off the tongue. Charlie Healy. <laughs> exactly. sounds, like a, sounds like a Boston politician. Yeah, or, you yeah. know what I mean? Charlie Baker, Charlie Healy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, Unga shakes a mouthful. <laughs> so talk to me a, a little bit about uh, the Beantown Girls. So uh, it's uh, it was a group of women that decided to get on the front lines of, of World War II. Yeah, um, yeah. Through the Red Cross, is that correct? Yeah, so they it was part of the, the Beantown Girls um, is based on the true stories of the Red Cross Clubmobile Girls of oh. World War II, and these were groups of women who basically drove food trucks, but they look like food trucks. They, they were GMC, two-and-a-half-ton GMC trucks that were converted with, like, the flaps on the side for, like, the – and they'd serve coffee and do donuts, like, literally on the front lines of the war. Like, okay. they were escorted up by a Jeep, but they would literally, like, t- because, um, you know, they the Red Cross had all these major clubs in the cities, but they didn't have a lot for the guys on the front. And so they came up with this idea. And so these women would apply, and um, they'd go through all sorts of training, and... Um, and yeah, they 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 were in their they had to be in their mid twenties. They had to be over twenty five, college educated. They only chose one out of six for the job. It wow. was like a really prestigious assignment. And um, yeah, they went through where I mean, every theater of operation had clubmobiles that went to the, up to the front lines of the war, serving coffee and donuts. And then when I got into their stories, they did they did so much more. They yeah, were like big sisters and social workers and so, you know they really like. The support they gave these guys was unbelievable. Right, the emotional support yeah. is what is is what I garner was probably the most critical and the most uh, you know influential even in their lives. It's yes. like, hey, I'm not just going to deliver coffee and donuts. I'm 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 going to try to to help help in any way I can yes. in this in this cause, this war. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, the, and uh, and really, I. I I went back to Harvard, has um, Schlesinger Library at Harvard has this great um, archived library of, of wi- American women's history. And mm-hmm. they had like 13 boxes of um, diaries and letters from these Clubmobile girls who served in Europe and Asia. And and so those diaries and letters really like gave me the story. Like yep. just, it was unbelievable what they had gone through. So, so clearly research has been a huge part of your, your writing. Yes, um, yeah. You have a team that helps you with this, or you? I mean, you, you laugh. I don't. <laughs> I know. wish I yeah, did. Yeah, you don't have a you don't <laughs> no. have a small army that helps you write about. Uh, no, the my fourteen-year-old, and uh, occasionally, like, well, with the Beantown girls, I my friend Sarah, I dragged her into Harvard a few times yep. too to just help me, kind of sift through the thirteen boxes of stuff to wow. see, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it's all me. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um. And talk to me about your daughter. You have two daughters? Two daughters, yeah. Right. Is it 16 and 14? Uh, 14 and 17 now, yeah. 14 and yeah. 17, okay. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know, we were kind of joking right before we came on here, but the, the, they're a bigger challenge at 14 and oh, 17 than writing a novel? Te- oh, they are. Yeah. I, only have, I only have one <laughs> and a couple of stepchildren, but... Teenage uh, girls, man. They're hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're good kids. Like, they're really good girls, and they're kind of nerdy, so it's not like the social stuff. It's just... 
it's just a roller coaster, right? You know, um, depends on which day it is, I guess. Depends on which day, and you know, one's going to be a senior, so we're dealing with that college stuff uh, amidst the pandemic, you right. know, and then the other one's going to be a freshman, and you know, eighth grade socially, like girls are brutal, yeah. You know? So she had, I mean. She does really well academically, but socially, um, she's kind of like a quiet, nerdy kid, and that can be that can be tough in middle school. Right? You know? Did they did they both skate or just one skates? Figure um, the figure older skates? one's a figure skater. Okay, yeah, she's seventeen. Um, yeah, no, uh, the younger and one is is more into. She's a scholar. She's okay, more into the, the books and uh, yeah. And the figure skater, I mean, com- like highly competitive. Is she? She, you know, she was Tim, and it got, but it got to the point in the past like year or two that it it would have been it would have meant like because to compete at the level that she's at, it's a full time job. Like, yeah. she would have had to like, basically go to school part time or be homeschooled, you know, um, off ice training, on ice training, two coaches, a choreographer, like, and you have to. She just wanted a life, you know. So she's still skating, and I think she might compete again in college, but. With college, you know, with college applications, and she's got a boyfriend now, and yeah. like all that, she wanted a life, yeah. and, and I get it, you know. So she's trying to get her tests um, for each level, competitive level in skating. There's two tests you have to take, okay. And um, she, so she's done with one kind of track, and and when you hit the top, you're considered like U.S. Figure Skating gold medalist, and and she's got two more tests, two or three more tests to get her second gold medal certification. Okay. So so she's working on that, and then, you know, it, it, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, right. And, and It's a lot. You know, yeah. And do you find that your life sometimes takes some turns, twists and turns regarding your, like, your, your life almost is, and your schedule is, is predicated on what your children are doing at all oh times? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like what, what happened here where... Totally. Uh, I, I used to just do this and go <laughs> yeah. here, and, and now it's like I got to stop what I'm doing at this time of day, and I got to go where, and how many kids am I bringing, and da, 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 yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, holy cow. I don't remember that really from growing up. Um, no, I think, I think they were all kind of like, just go. Right. I felt like I rode <laughs> no. a bike. If I had a baseball yes. game, I took a bike or yeah, maybe yeah. bummed a ride once in a while, or even, you know, I, I used to jump on a bus and go to Harvard Square and stuff. And it's at like 12 years old. Yeah. The, yeah. It's just, a, it's a different world. And, it and, is. and it is. kids are, I don't want to say more needy. It's just the world has changed to the point where you'd be frowned upon as a parent if you let your child walk out the door. And yeah, the not, world has not, changed. Yeah, I think be, that's. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true, and activities have changed, right. and sports have gotten way more intense, and yeah, um, I mean, I think we live like a blo- you know a mile from um, Oak Grove on the Orange Line, and I think one thing I was kind of glad, like the last couple of years, we've let them start taking the tea in because yep. I, I think if you kind of need to get them that independence, agree, s- you know, street smarts and all of that yeah. stuff, you know, um, but yeah, it's 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 different, and Charlie. At least before this, he was he traveled a ton. So okay. I mean, I'd kind of have to take take control at home with the driving, chauffeuring, and all that yep. stuff, which is fine. Like that, you know. But uh, but yeah, it does. Your 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 life kind of revolves around what's going on. Sure. Is is he still in the high tech industry or is he? Is, he yeah. He is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a marketing executive. Um, he's actually there today. Their offices are in the Hancock Tower, and yep. he hasn't been back until right until this week. And I don't I don't know if they're going back. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> no. Have have you learned anything about yourself over these last four or five months that you didn't know, or have you picked up any hobbies that you're that you're kind of glad you discovered? Is there anything sort of 
interesting that's happened that you'd like to share over the past? And and if there isn't, there isn't. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think we've all been like given, you know, thought about this stuff. I, I think um, one thing is, I you know, I work from home yep. and I spend a lot of hours by myself at home. Yep. So having everyone else at home <laughs> has been like, it's been harder on the, like, harder for them to like get used to the, being at the home but like I really enjoy like working by myself for four hours at a time and yep. I haven't had that in a while so right. I definitely miss miss having the house to myself with the cats and doing my work um and I, I also have started I, I mean I say I'm a runner I'm more of a jogger but um I've started doing like more trail running because okay. I find it more it's just like it's a great stress reliever. We, we, we live near the Fells Way, and there's, yep. like, tons of trails and Breakheart Reservation in Saugus. And, you know, so sure. I've been doing a lot more of that just for, like, get out of the house, get away from everyone, and, right. you know, get away from life. And that's been really good. Um, who do you keep in touch with from high school? Like, are you still, uh, you know, who are you on the reg with? Is it still the, the your group of friends or... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's still kind of the core group. Uh, and also, like, Erica Cohen's down in D.C. So I, yep. tr- I I saw her. I had to go to a conference there last year, and then she was up last summer. So I see her sp- kind of sporadically. Sure. Um, but tonight I'm getting together with Beth Hughes, uh, Julie Driscoll, yep. Paul Albertazzi, and uh, I think Kathy Diggins, but um, great. She, she might have a conflict. But, yeah. So, That's great. Yeah, it's good. And Katie Terry, but she's now out on the West Coast, but we see her pretty often too. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm always happy to see, honestly, it it makes me, I don't know, I get a little nostalgic, I guess. I really do. I'm yeah. like, oh, they're still together. Like they're st- it's awesome. they're st- I know. It's actually because you've probably been able to just share life experiences and, and uh, t- you know, talk about your children and just, I don't want to say struggles that you've gone through, oh, but absolutely. just, yeah, ups and yeah. downs, right. And, and, um, that's one of the reasons why, like I said, I, I kind of wanted to do this was the whole reconnect. Um, I mean, unfortunately, you know, Chris O'Neill passed away Yes. five years ago, four years ago, five. Um, Heartbreaking. Yeah, terrible, right? And this is someone who I was best friends with, you know, since we were five years old. And, uh, you know, I really keep in touch with Carl on, yeah. on the reg. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. And everyone else is kind of like... Uh, it's not that I don't want to, it's just like, you know, I, I'm down in Dighton an hour from Arlington. And so, you know, Facebook is something that I actually only came into using from 2017 on. I mean, I wasn't on in 08, 09 or whatever, you know, I haven't been on it for 10 years. I've been on it for three. And yeah, yeah. I've posted 10 times and it's a picture of my son. Like, hey, proud of you, buddy. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's yeah, no, you exactly. know what I mean? There's yep. not a lot of, hey, I'm at this restaurant or look what I made for breakfast. I mean, <laughs> right, right. It's more, you know, it's just stuff that I think people actually might be interested in as opposed to just, who cares, Tim? Why are you posting that crap? You know, I don't know. That's how I view some things. No, no. And, and this, I'll tell you, like, the social media thing, I can, it can get exhausting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, a time suck and just, like, I do it for the book stuff. And, sure. and it's nice to reconnect. And that's actually one thing I'm so glad I'm here because I wanted to say to, like, class of 1990 AHS, like so incredibly supportive of, of my books. Good. And I just want to say thank you to everyone. Like they've like shared with friends and shared on social yep. media and shared with their family. And that I have just been so moved and grateful. So, so thank you all if you're listening. And um, no, that's the truth. That's really what I want. I, I wanted to ask. Yeah. I, I wanted to say, how has this class received oh. it? I mean, I just got off with Al Del Benny and he said, I, I have both of Jane's books. Tell her I said, hello. 
Oh, wow. I know when the pandemic started, I said, I'm buying your books. I mean, I've actually, Amazing. Yeah. I've actually given them out to other people. Thank you. Uh, well, no, thank you. You've, you've supplied a couple of gift baskets <laughs> for right. Chris's oh, golf yeah. tournament. Honestly, like just different things. And I'm always promoting, I mean, especially for people I know and love and care about. And, and I think our class is fantastic. I mean, fantastic. Absolutely. In, uh, some people don't understand why I'm doing this. And I'm like, well, I think I'm doing it because I'm trying to shed light on what a great group of people I went to high school with 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, they've accomplished tremendous things. They've been totally supportive of one another, you know, even if they didn't really know someone that well, or, you know, I mean, when I was, uh, when, when Chris did pass away and I was at uh, the funeral home all day, uh, for his wake, I mean, I'm bawling for 12 straight hours as face after face is walking in the door, and they didn't even really know Chris. They were like, oh, I'm here for you because I know how close he was to you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, Amazing. oh, my God, like, this is nuts. I'm like, did you even know Chris? They were like, yeah, well, I know he was your friend, and this has got to be killing you right now. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Like people are amazing. They really yeah, are. They and are. the human spirit is, you know, I'm, I'm huge on that stuff. Like, yeah, same. The same. worst day in history, in my opinion, is 9-11. I mean, I can't get over people just going to do their job for the day, you know what I mean? And, and a beautiful, sunny Tuesday morning and, and to have 3,500 people and all of our first responders just going into that building selflessly. And I'm just like, when I, you know, for three days, I just couldn't sleep and I just... That was brutal. Yeah. I watched absolutely. it over and over and over and over yeah. and over again, hoping like it wasn't really true or didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I, I couldn't get over the, like I said, the selflessness of the first responders and just you know, them yeah. going in knowing I'm probably not coming out, you know, yeah. it's. Oh, like the um, article I post, the boy with the red handkerchief. I know. went back in. That yeah. was unbelievable. Don't even, I oh my believe me, bawling as bawling. I, I read it. Yeah. 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 I mean. Every year I read that, and actually the girls for school last year had to read that book. The whole school had to read it, which yeah. I thought was such a good choice. It's because, fantastic. Yeah, such a good choice. Yeah, and his mom and dad knowing and the woman finding it and saying, oh, oh yeah, as soon as she, you know, that confirmed what we Incredible. thought all along, that our son didn't just get out. He got out but then went back in probably yeah. two or three more times. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, listen, uh, what's up? What's in store for the future? Like, is this, uh, are you a writer for the rest of your life? Are you going to write? God willing. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> yeah, is that yeah. the plan? I mean, so number, number three's on deck. I don't want to, is, you, you want to promote number three? Sure. If I can. Yeah. Go right yeah, ahead. No, no. So it's, um, it's called the secret stealers yep. and it's based on a group of women. Um, they were in the office of strategic services, which was the precursors to the CIA yep. in World War II. So it's about, some of America's first female spies, Love it. and it also pulls in some of the um, British female spies. And this one woman, Jeanne Rousseau, who was um, this just incredible woman in the French Resistance who helped steal some of the biggest secrets of the war. So it's like, it, it's a. I'm super excited about it. It's more of a spy thriller than, than anything. But yeah, and, uh, you know, and it, it's. But Charlie says it's his favorite. He's a very honest critic of me. So, okay, no, so that's good. Yeah, so it's done, and it. Um, I'm getting like the proofread manuscript back next week, and then it goes to the printer in September, and then it'll be out March 2021. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's thank good. you. Yeah, yeah I'm even excited. Despite everything going on in the world, the fact that you've still been able to sort of forge forward and yes. have something to look forward to, I think a lot of us 
are looking forward to things that, you know, oh my, gosh, my, yes. my wife and I had just said the other day as we were having a drink by the fire, like, when do we get to live again? Like when, yes. do, you know, when do we, she said, when, yeah, it's tough. Like right now we're not making memories. You know what I mean? Like we're, right, we're right. not planning like a vacation or this or that. We're just sort of existing. And it's, yeah, like it's, this limbo land. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it can be tough, you know, psychologically. Totally. For a lot of people that feel isolated and everything else. So again, one of the reasons, Jane, is yes. to connect, to see people, to, to tell them, hey, I miss you and I, I wish you the best. I mean, the yeah. truth is. And I'm so proud of you for doing this. And I have to say, like, one thing I've learned through this, too, with um, with writing and I've been trying to do some Zoom webinars for people. And people really are looking for uplifting, interesting content right mm -hmm. now. And I think that you like this is perfect. You know, it's this is the type of content people are looking for right now. They're not looking to be brought down. Right. That we've got enough of that going on yep. in the world, you know, and uh so I think this is I, I know it's gonna be a huge success. Well I'm thank so you. Again, you. I, I'm not looking to talk politics. I'm yeah, not looking yeah. to I'm really not. I'm looking to talk people right. and success and struggle and then something relatable for others. Hopefully they can take a, a grain or a nugget they, you know, again, I know you have your own website. Um, I do. You know, yeah. I know you're, like you said, you're you're on uh, Facebook, and you know, I know that you would welcome somebody reaching out to you to say, Jane, I read your books, and uh, you know, I I know you get a big kick out of it. You've responded directly to me and thanked oh, me personally. Yeah. And oh, so grateful. Every yeah. every email, everything. I try to um, respond to everything that I I ever get, and and I will say too, if there's anyone in the class who's like interested in writing and, and the whole publishing thing and has questions like jane at janehealy.com is my email like they can reach out anytime i love yeah. it yeah i love it well listen thank you very much for coming in thank you um i i just wish you the best i, you I really too. do appreciate you coming in it's been uh, it's been a pleasure reconnecting with you you too this has been so fun thank, thank you, you. like to thank today's guest Jane Healy, if you haven't looked Jane up, make sure you do so. And please support her and her efforts by purchasing her books. I've read two of the three. The third one has yet to come out, obviously, which will be released in March of 2021. But uh, make sure to give Jane, make sure to check Jane out. Hey, just want to remind everyone to check us out on Instagram. Give me some feedback there. Send me some current photos, some old photos, some of your favorite photos, some of your favorite Halloween costume photos, some of your favorite moments in life photos, anything you feel like sharing. We'll put them up there on the Ponder This podcast Instagram page. Make sure to follow us there and give us a like or a rating or a, a review, easy for me to say, or a review on the podcast itself. Always happy to get feedback, positive, positive, or always, you know, positive. 